Hello and welcome to episode 120 of State of the Game, the golf podcast that talks about stuff that matters. I'm Rod Murray and there'll be no surprises in the topics on the table today, one of which might be the biggest and most important issue facing the game. No, not the Live Love Laugh Tour, as I saw one wag refer to it this week, <laughs> but the Distance Insights Report and a very interesting update released, which unfortunately probably hasn't had the coverage it deserves. We aim to change that today. Are we inching towards a game where the equipment is bifurcated? Is that a good thing? Or will the big money and marketing of those with a vested interest continue to drive distance as the biggest and most profitable conversation in the game. We'll explore all that, and yes, the now official Saudi-backed golf series will no doubt get a mention as well. Joining me to discuss all this and more, author, blogger, critic, owner of the excellent quadrilateral newsletter, Jeff Shakovichak, plenty to keep us interested, particularly interested in this Distance Insights report, though particularly given that it's been overshadowed by some of this more sexy headline stuff with these disruptor tours. And I'm even interested in what you guys think. If if uh, being overshadowed isn't isn't the worst possible thing, just because I I think in all of our discussions over the years we know that um, sometimes these the the knee jerk reactions to these kinds of uh, discussions about issues in the game and rules and so on and so forth uh, tend to be the ones that that define the conversation instead of a, a more reasonable conversation and so I, I it might might be a good thing that this has been overshadowed eh, we'll i am with you on that i think that's a very very good point and just a little bit of luck perhaps going in the way of the distance debate for a change in the southern hemisphere with me for the moment might be the, that and though that might be changing soon i suspect touring pro turned course architect commentator and columnist mike clayton clates i know this is all moving more slowly than you'd like but are you encouraged by what you've read this past week on the distance issue well I just think it's inevitable, despite all the people who told me it's never going to happen, it's inevitable that it's going to happen. So every day we wait is a day closer to when the ball's not going as far for the best players. And hopefully, having watched a group of women tee off the first at Royal Perth last week, not that I'm unfamiliar with women's golf, it would be great if they could make a ball that went 40 yards further for all of them. So it seems like that's a part of the discussion, isn't it? It's kind of- Indeed. So let's come to you on that quickly, Shaq. Give us a quick thumbnail sketch for those who might have missed it. The main points of the announcement was made this week by the USGA and the RNA. Well, they didn't really technically announce any uh, uh, kind of change, and that's probably what will um, – I think that's the first thing people need to understand. This is just the next stage in the progression of, of their study, and it's all – uh, I think probably too slow for us, but you, as you read these documents they put out, you realize there is a thought process and and a, a building of a case uh, that unfortunately is necessary in a world where there might be litigation and where, uh, as as Steve Otto said in the in the the piece I wrote in the in the quadrilateral, the um, yeah, it's just a complex problem, and and unfortunately, it unfortunately is my word, not his. It requires a complex solution, and that isn't very sexy to a lot of people. But they, what they did do is specify where they're going, and we discussed it on the last show. We we got our we kind of got a tip from Nick Faldo and Tiger's conversation that the that the face of the driver. Uh, would be a, an integral thing. And then the ball in some form, and what we found out in this is that they're looking at the way the ball is tested and potentially upping the, the club head speed and doing some things to actually test the optimal launch condition as opposed to a set condition 
that isn't necessarily reflective of what the great players do. And the, the club head speed has changed a couple miles an hour in the last few years. And so that will be an interesting one because they put forth the idea of raising that number to 125 miles per hour that they test at versus 120, which would be in line with the increase they did in 2004. Uh, but the average tour player is uh, 114 right now, and going from 120 to 125 could be a case for an argument by players to say, well, that's not indicative of most. But on the other hand, you could say, well, this could be the thing that really does uh, address uh, the extreme length and the extreme optimization of the conditions. And so if they did go to 125, uh, Mike uh, Stachura has a piece uh, where he quotes John uh, Spitzer of the USGA quite extensively and, and, and also cites a study that that would, going from 120 to 125 would be 16 yards uh, just in that situation alone. So if they do test at that number uh, what he concluded, and he did not get a denial from the USGA, is that that would rule pretty much every ball for a tour player currently under the way they hit the ball and the certain conditions and the way it's tested non-conforming. So that's kind of a big piece of news if they go to that to that number. So, I mean, there are many other things that they put out uh, that they're open to discussing. But I think to Clay's last point, and uh, I think the most intelligent thing they've done that we have discussed on this show many times, I'm sure, uh, is that they also are encouraging discussion and, and open to ways, and they have found ways to potentially do what needs to be done, but also give the manufacturers a place to innovate for the average golfer, which is both a a nice thing in terms of, of, of helping people possibly with their game, how much I don't these people can do with the equipment, I don't know. But more importantly, it's a political uh, element that really diffuses to me potentially a lot of the arguments against. Mm. So anyway, that's that's so it's just the next step. Then now they have six months. Then the timing after that is is uh, up in the air. But when you read that about the potential of all these balls becoming non-conforming or not or needing some little adjustment to become to re, to to remain conforming, that's where you start to kind of eh, well, this could take a little while. <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, you could also say the positive in this is that these are, I think. Put together, uh, and again, all depends on how it how it uh, plays out. Uh, they're pretty substantial rec- uh, recommendations or proposals or thoughts that they're having, and I think some of them too are designed to put something out there and then probably uh, negotiate and, and end up throttling back a little bit. I don't know if that's what you guys sense, but that that. When you start to put together the numbers and think about some of the things that could happen, um, you know, I'm, I think the goal would be eight, eight to ten percent rollback tops. And this, to me, is the more I look at it, this is a you could, if all these things were done, they're talking about you're looking at like twenty percent or fifteen percent, and and I don't think they'll do that. 
is that the second rule of sales, Shaq, you've got to give the customer something to say no to so that they've got yeah. something to say yes yeah. to as well. And so that would that would very much, I would think, there's some yeah. smart minds at the USJ. Clates, I'm interested in one of the things that Shaq said there and you're taking this because you've always said this, the, the freak in one generation is the standard in the next. It feels to me like if they switch that club head speed to 125 and the current tour players say, oh, we don't swing it that fast, that's not who it's designed for, is it? You you need to sort of future-proof no. the game, don't you? You need to look at the college players and the kids coming up, don't you? That's what you need to look at. Yeah, we've been interested to see what the average swing speed on the NCAAs is. And there's that who's that that, 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 that South African guy who's six foot eight and hits at 380 oh. yards. Monsters, yeah. yes. Which was what um, Gary Player predicted years ago. Yeah. Going to be one day is going to be a seven foot guy who comes out and hits the ball 400 yards, and where I'm not sure how close we are to that, but History will tell you that we've said it many times. The, the from Ted Ray onwards, yep. the freaking one generation was always the norm in the next. Yeah, that's exactly mm. right. So, that's exactly right. You know, that's why they need to do something now before it gets completely out of control. Because you can sure there are a bunch of fourteen-year-old kids out there who are swinging at a hundred and something miles an hour now who are focused on. If you want to compete, you better get to one twenty-five or one thirty. Yeah, and they'll and figure we it have out. S- we have seen it, haven't we, Clades? But there's a whole bunch of players in the last three or four years, following what sort of Bryson did, suddenly discovered these ways, and you know, helped by by mechanical experts, right? discovering ways to hit it further. Hannah Green reckons she yeah. picked up thirty yards while she was back here in Perth uh, during sort of the quarantine and all that whole period where she was just in Perth. That she picked up thirty yards at, at her level of the game. That's a different yeah. golf game, is it not, Clades? Yeah, it is. Yeah, perfect. So, it is, yeah. so there's been a lot left on the table previously. Not just in the clubs, but you wonder whether the clubs sort of allow it. Shaq, do you get the well, sense that sorry. Yeah. Well, just on that point, I was just gonna also say, and then and then you see how many players are armed with a and this is not in any of the announcements and, and I don't understand the technology well enough, but I, I, I do know that with the access to launch monitors, um that ability to to be adapting to the equipment and, and making modifications to me, requires that the testing also not be stuck on a certain number, but but to to test the optimum launch conditions because the players have such access now to technology that would allow them to optimize. And so, in a way, they're modernizing the rules for that other element of the game besides the players just being... Uh, growing up on a certain kind of equipment and, and thinking a certain way, they actually have access to something that other players and other generations didn't have, and therefore the testing should also keep that in mind, if that makes some sense, hopefully. Is your sense – it does make sense. It makes complete sense. Is your sense that the bulk of what the USGA and the RNA are trying to do here is head off the possibility of litigation? It, it, we've always thought it's the biggest fear. Is that does that the feeling you get from what they're doing here? Apart from the lengthy comment periods, I mean, nobody could say realistically at the end of all this if they make some new rules. Oh well, you've sprung that on us. Nobody could make that case. Do you feel like that's the driving force? No, the driving force is still that they 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 do recognize the things that we recognized twenty years ago. <laughs> the the difference is in the in the execution. Uh, they are acknowledging the chance for well i think both litigation but also just um being aware that um that these people have a business they've built it a a certain way they've stubbornly stuck to this idea of marketing off the professional 
Um, and so they're not they're not going to budge from that. So they've given them other openings. They've taken the feedback, and I think they've the things that that were shared are things they've already gotten in the feedback, saying, "Hey, if you change these things, that would allow us to make a softer ball that still goes just as far, and whatever whatever other things that that, that are out there." Um, so I think it's both uh, political and and a, a legal argument. And I, when you pick it apart, I, th- I think it's very well crafted. Um, and I, I believe we discussed the the piece on the last show. Now I can't remember where David Dusek uh, emailed people at the different manufacturers and and they published their anonymous input. Maybe oh. you know maybe we did not discuss this. Anyway, I don't it, think I've, I've even seen it. Tell me. Okay. About it. Well, I really slipped it in the newsletter um, a few weeks ago and. I'm gonna. I'll put it back up on the blog too because it really is worth going back and revisiting. Plates, did you see it? Uh, the piece no, I'm didn't. talking about. No. Okay. Yeah, it's really interesting because the 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 questions he asks are great questions, but the tone of the responses is not what we're used to. There did there. Yeah, there were a couple of uh, sky is falling kind of little little remarks, but for the most part. It was shockingly uh, level-headed and seemingly open to the idea of some things if there was some give and take. And so uh, I think that is a really fascinating... I mean, we've been waiting for this for a long time. And maybe the pandemic and the increase in play and the sales and the way things have gone, maybe that's made them open to the idea that, yeah, their business isn't solely dependent on selling you what the pros play but but actually just the health of the sport um and that comes through in it and it sounds a little like that's come through in the discussions between the usga rna and the companies that a healthy sport is good for their business more than than needing to have the top 10 players in the world play their driver and be seen hitting it to 340 so that would be great if we get to that point because we've known all along that's that's been the case, but they just have been so laser focused on on that marketing. Such a narrow and lazy way oh. to think about the marketing of the game. You said lazy. <laughs> yes. You say yeah, it is. That's it is lazy. lazy. Yeah. And we know it's well. Clates, has there been a time in your career where distance hasn't been the thing that the manufacturers have been selling golfers? And no. and in fairness, has there been a time when golfers haven't bought it? We buy it, don't we? Every time. Yeah. yeah. We just keep there, doing there was it. that <laughs> podcast, was it the history of golf? I can't remember who it was, the name of the podcast, talking about the Penfold company. Yeah. Talking about and what a brilliant guy the, the guy who started Penfold was. And they were talking about regulations in 1930. Yeah. And he said, I can make a ball that goes further than that. And he figured it out. You know, there have been brilliant engineers who've been figuring out how to make the golf ball go further forever. Yeah. And, and what was the most, for me, the most, memorable shot last week aside from Cameron Smith's nine iron was that 194 yard five wood Justin Thomas hit to the 18th green on oh, the second round and the six iron he hit to the 17th the hole before they were two staggering golf shots weren't they yeah but the, the wood was you know was That's how much more fun is it when you see shots like that than just a standard seven iron shot or eight iron shot or 206 yeah. yards he would normally have been pulling a six iron or a seven iron clates probably yeah. No wind, flat shot like that. It would have been a seven iron, maybe a six iron for him, but a five would have just laced it into the wind. That was just well, and the tee was, you know, the tee was moved up. I think twenty yards that day. Yeah. So there's a hole that what is it? Shackets are driving a 
six iron, seven, depending what. And they all yeah, drive it right on trees, it seems to me. But they had a good, I mean, who, does anyone ever hit a good drive down that hole? I assume they do. But, <laughs> they do. So it seems like a lot of guys were. It's hard. like a lot of guys were chipping it out of the right hand trees yeah. into the water. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a driver seven iron hole, right? Driver six iron. Eight, they had a good one. Yeah. 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 But I think Rory came up short with a three iron, did he not? On on that day that you were talking about in the group ahead of time, so he had yeah. three iron to eight and he came up twenty yards short. So that tells you how strong the wind was. Just on that, to go down a little rabbit hole, Clay. So we imagine, I mean, that and the. The accolades for Thomas all richly deserved in the hours following that round and some of the shots we saw in play and some of the golf that we saw yeah. in play that we didn't see others. And especially on the 17th, we saw some extraordinarily poor swings from very, very good players hitting balls in the water and whatnot. Are we just not seeing it or is it could it, could it possibly be the case that Thomas is one of only a handful of players capable of that sort of play? It doesn't seem right, does it, in a field that elite that he'd be the only one who can – hit an effective knockdown or I mean the five which you talk about to the 18th was clearly a staggering shot there wouldn't be many historically who could have played that one I guess but why don't we see these players why did they struggle so much is that a modern thing have they grown up on a different game why was he the only one who managed to hit a punch six iron in the middle of the 17th green and make us all say wow although I did see that it was actually an eight iron later someone said I don't know it was this it was an eight iron not a six either way it was a great trajectory but I don't know. You know, it's um, Shaq, it's Can they not? Can they well, not I mean, play that? Or is I mean, it partly growing up with a ballada ball meant you have to hit that. You had to hit that shot. And and as a general rule, playing outside America, you play more wind than you do inside America. But that's a very broad generalization. And certainly in Florida, it seems like it blows a bit there. But yeah, you, know, you had to hit that shot with a ballada ball. Otherwise, you just it would balloon in the wind and wouldn't go anywhere. But this is the whole generation of players who've grown up never seeing that shot. Yeah, they've always played with a ball that's gone really effectively through the wind. Yeah, so, and I think that's yeah, that's yeah. what. I mean, did you guys watch the argument between McGinley and Brandel Shambly by chance? How could you not, Shaq? How could you not if you had an interesting golf? Best ten yeah. minutes of golf this year. Yeah, and why? And the essence of the argument was uh, for McKinley and why he didn't budge was it was more because he sat there all day and they had that amazing uh, graphic that showed the different trajectories. Um, yeah. And some people didn't believe it. It's like, well, the, yeah, okay, maybe the launch monitor got one or two <laughs> wrong, but uh, it was pretty telling. And and that was what made McKinley hold his ground and probably get pretty annoyed was he why well, he sat there all day and i'm sure with his own eyes because i know where i bet in that booth golf channel has and you can stand there and watch him and you, well one you've watched the replay that compilation the tour did there were it was unbelievable how many balls were done five yards off the club they were <laughs> even, that, they were yeah. they were shot and then but how many just didn't attempt to flight the ball and again, it's hard. It's goofy. The wind is wacky there. It's it's different up above as it is down below. And but when you see that the effort isn't even made, that's where you're like, no, sorry guys. And and I just think like Clayton's is saying, the ball they're used to, they just they they aren't ever put. They're just not put in a position where they get a wind like that, where they truly have to flight it. And then being an island green, it's in your mindset is that's just not For sure. Yeah. An easy shot que- to hit. But. A question they don't get asked and a test that they've not prepared for in so many ways. Because what it did show us was, there was a couple of things. One, there's no reason modern players can't do that. Thomas Thomas's play was just exquisite to watch. But the reaction to that, Shaq, tells you, does it not, that there is a hunger amongst the fan yeah. 
yeah. to see a game played somewhat differently. The fans went nuts for it. I mean, the cool kids, you know, the fried egg and no laying up. Reams and reams and reams yeah. of tweets and blog posts about how amazing it was to watch that sort of golf. Uh, so there's a, there is a hunger for it. That tells you if you're the PGA Tour, yeah. does it not, that there's something in this? I don't. I don't think they are golf savvy enough to to, to take note or um, to apply to un- apply it to what we're talking about today with the distance. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I hope they are, but I don't think they are. But uh, the other person who actually gained more strokes on the field in, the, in playing with uh, Justin Thomas was Bubba. He and Bubba. he kind of got ignored because yeah. I, for whatever reason, and 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 are you surprised? I mean, it's a course he's horrible on. But he knows how to manipulate the ball in every way, left, right, up, down. And it's no wonder that he had a fantastic day in those conditions as well um, because it almost forces him to uh, use those gifts of his. And they really are. I mean, it's just he's just he's so gifted. And uh, and and it, it you almost think that he he's one of those savants. I, you almost wonder if he gets – bored by just kind of regular golf and when he's forced to play that kind of golf look what it brought out in him on a place he i mean he has played there a lot <laughs> he's just awful there just so it was that. uh that was really cool too but it kind of went unnoticed probably because he's not yeah he wasn't the defending champion and and uh, and all that and he's not as uh, liked and all that or whatever it is but um anyway it was yeah it was a fascinating thing and i you do hope though that that is the takeaway that I mean, the way the announcers were talking, the whole thing, the energy was, it, it just shows you that uh, that translates better to TV than, uh, than than 340-yard drives. Especially with the tracer in play, Shaq. That's when it comes into its own yeah. when you're seeing those flights of those yeah. shots. It's quite remarkable. Clay, it's just on the Bubba thing. I read once about Norman, I don't know how true it was, this notion that um, the hardest shot for, the, for a player like Bubba is the straightforward nine-iron from the middle of the fairway. There's nothing to be done. There's nothing to engage him. You put him behind a tree, and then the, the cogs start to whir and, and the juices flow, but flat line, middle of the fairway, straightforward nine-iron. Not that he can't play the shot, but it's just he's not engaged in the golf. Do you reckon there's anything to that for a player uh, like him? A little bit, maybe. I mean, the incongruity of Seve was that he could miss a 30-yard wide fairway and then – Pick a three iron through a one foot gap and <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you know, I mean, how does, which is, but that's kind of it's a weird thing about golfing. I mean, we've all kind of done silly stuff like that. I mean, when you really, when you've got to hit it through a gap, you can do it, but you can't hit a thirty or forty yard wide fairway. Yeah, yeah. Which was, you know, the, well, epitomised by Bubba's playing that playoff at Augusta. You know, how do you hit a drive over in those trees, then hit that? Wedge around the corner. Just a staggering golf shot, wasn't yeah. it? Still to this day, beggar's belief that he could have hit it. I'm sure every year, Shaq, people go down to that spot and go, from here? No, nah, it couldn't have been done from here. That's just No, they do. It's amazing to watch. <laughs> people stop there and look at it. And we're now on the um, – this year's the, the 10th anniversary 10th of that shot. Right. And I'm, I'm looking forward to – I actually – oh, I shouldn't say – well, no. None of, none of my writing peers, our, our writing peers, listen to this show. I may have to go down there on Monday or Tuesday and – and interview a few people who are still coming down there to pay their respects. I think they should put a plaque down there in the trees. It's not their their thing, but it's such a, a landmark to people that why not? I mean, it's in the trees, you know. Or you could put yeah, a stone yeah. in the ground or something. But uh, it'd be fun if Bubba would go down there and try to do it again. Uh, someone surely will on the. Someone will take him down there, won't they? Surely. 
Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll mention it, it to uh, to his, his manager and see yeah, if he'll do it. Indeed. Yeah. On all of that, Shaq, is there anything about spin and making the ball well, spin more and changing the spin characteristics in what's being discussed? Yeah, it's a little vague. There's this line in the, the areas of interest document, which is the, the more specific piece they put out uh, besides the press release that says um, – uh, based on the comments received in response to the one February 2021 announcement, the US, the RNA and USGA will investigate incorporation of a golf ball spin properties and determining these bounds. And that's related to um, the, the, the launch conditions. So I, I do think that it's there. I, but my sense is that it's not, it wasn't quite the priority uh, that we'd hope like distance, but um but again, all these things that they've they've put out there and thrown together, and the possibility that of somehow narrowing the sweet spot on the club, um, the idea of of uh, just all these dynamics possibly changing, I don't think it's out of the question of what happens to the ball if they incorporate this. If if those little tweaks that have to be made make a difference in how the ball. Spins. That's just beyond my my comprehension level. So I I hope I hope we get to see the ball move more. There's lots of players, Clates say, don't they? That the spin is the real difference. If you make the ball spin more, I think Tiger said it in that interview you mentioned yeah. with Faldo at the Genesis. If you make it spin more, you change the game. Is that from a player, a good player's perspective? And there's only one of them in this group. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Well, I guess it's yeah. Well, when the ball used to spin more, it was more difficult to play with. Because yeah. more it spins, it. the more it goes sideways. The more it goes in the air, the more it does everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, did, yeah. I mean, they essentially made a pinnacle and made it spin, right? The multiple. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah and you really see it. I mean, I, I know they've put this out before, but if you do look at the distance report, uh, I did print out and look at the, the 2021 one. And it is amazing they have this this graph when you see, and they do it by changes in the uh, key changes in the ball and when it, when it goes to uh, the, the last few years and the different covers. It, it really is. Amazing to see those leaps after after a long period of very little. It does seem clear, Shaq, that they are going to do something. Do you think we're safe to say that now? I think yeah. there's been a lot of scepticism about that, but it does seem clear that, that it, something is going to happen. There's no question. Yeah? Are we no solid question. On that? And, they, and they found ways, as you can see in reading all this, that uh, both are in line with changes they've made before in testing. Um, some are a little more... Uh, aggressive but it just feels like there's a logic behind everyone it's unfortunately it's not simple and clean like we'd like where it's just a, a tournament ball or a, a smaller driver head or the, the those are those are easy sounding solutions but this is a more thoughtful um way of maintaining your current rules but my, uh, but 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 keeping them up to date and um, and addressing the things that we want to see addressed. The question is whether it's also complicated and and uh, geeky and nuancy that it um, it loses people. On the other hand, I think to our original point that this has been overshadowed a little. That this is all fairly complicated. Um, maybe that's a positive, uh, yeah. <laughs> in that it becomes just a little battle between the organizations and the engineers, and 
the people on the outside just kind of go, okay, well, you let us know when you've decided, and oh, you're going to throw some bones to us, the average golfer, fine, then then we're good. Uh, and that's kind of how I feel like it's started so far, but what, it just what takes will be, yeah, one or two What will players. be, and have we, have we seen anything from the other side, for want of a better term, what are going to be the pushback points? Have we seen yet what those who nope. favour no change or continued innovation in leading to more distance, have we seen the points that they're going to counter with as yet? No, no, not yet. What's interesting because, you know, Mike Statura covers equipment and obviously generally takes a, a pro industry view in the coverage of Golf Digest. Um, if you read his piece, it's, it's, uh, it's just a very well-balanced take, and I think that that um, – effort that they've made to say hey we're we're, we're gonna throw you some bones um makes it really hard to uh, argue against what they're doing and then also i think if you read closely it really is the impact on the uh, that these changes will have depending on what happens with the driver and the possibility of a a, a model local rule driver for elite competition and how that works, which is a big question, and what kind of a strain that maybe would put on a young player who doesn't have access to free equipment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but for the most part, what they propose really won't impact um, more than uh, a few thousand people on the planet, I, I think, in terms of actually seeing the ball not go as far. And then they've left the door open to possibly helping people who who and the numbers show it the equipment that's the other thing and they're very kind not to point this out and Clates knows this <laughs> i think that that you go through that data and the the, the, the studies they've done with british golfers uh, they're not getting much they they've gained a little but for what they've spent and the changes that have happened they haven't gotten the the boost that the that the elites have gotten and the governing bodies could make more of that. They could shame the manufacturers almost. They don't. Yeah. So, all you people have paid for this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The people How that actually pay yeah. for it are the ones getting the, the fewer benefits. It, it, You've been had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they yeah. they don't say that. They're very they're very smart. I think not to. Uh, it's fine for you uh, for us to do it, <laughs> though. Um, I think. How much of this debate do we think is winning over? the average American golfer versus the average Japanese, South African, New Zealand, Australian, British, Canadian golfer who my assumption is don't care as much about losing distances the average American player does, amateur player, club player. I'm not sure I'm convinced about that necessarily. Well, Well, yeah, I was going to say the Japanese yeah, they, they their culture they like distance. Um, they've operated outside the rules for decades, haven't they? Yeah, they've <laughs> never had they've never had yeah, rules they, there. They bought a lot of J drivers that, that could not be hit. Of course, so did some of us here in the U.S. I'm embarrassed yeah. to say, uh, myself included. <laughs> that, was a, yeah. that was a Frank that was a hard club to hit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was yeah, probably all jumbo hitting yeah. some hot ball instead of the actual yeah. club. Oh, okay, we don't want to go there. You know, I mean, we people have forgotten, really, but we went through this forty years ago. Mm. We went through the exact same. Talk us yeah, through this, folks. From the that. yeah, I saw your tweet about that. The elite well, player, in particular, who's the one that people are worried about. What does it do for the college player who's oh, thinking, you know, that's the elite? Yeah, which is, tell us about that. 
Well, we you know, obviously grew up playing the small ball. Uh, by I think the first big ball Australian Open was maybe 1977. It was certainly by 1978. I, I played a small ball in my first pro tournament, Vic Open, 1977. But, the, but, but by the next year, it was a big ball. It was compulsory. But I, realising that if I was ever going to turn pro, I had to learn to play with the big ball, I switched in early 77, I think. No, early 78, I think, I switched to a big ball. So I, for a long time, or a year or so, I was the only guy playing amateur golf with a big ball in, in competitive golf. So the pros switched. Then gradually the best players in the state switched over because they realised if they are going to play the, big, you know, the tour events in Australia, you, you'll have to learn to play with the big ball. Then the best amateur tournament switched. You know, by 1980 or 81, they designated it's a big ball tournament, Australian Amateur, the Riversdale Cup, the, the big amateur tournaments. And then in 1983, everyone changed. So it was a six-year process of switching everyone over. First, it was compulsory for players, voluntary for amateurs. The, the tournament switched, and then the club player just... And no one really complained about it. I mean, Peter Thompson was passionate about his argument that why are we blindly following America? And he was right from that point of view. Why are we just doing... Cause why are we falling in with them because... They won't compromise, and why are we changing the nature of our game? But he was wrong on the effect was of it was that within five years you had a great group of non-American players who became world-class players, in a, partly because they were incredibly talented. Seve, Norman, Nick Price, Langer, Feldo, Woozy, they were incredibly talented, but partly because they were forced to play with a more difficult ball to play with. You know, if that had to, every time they went to the Masters, change to a big ball, they never would have won the Masters the way they did in the 80s because that had been playing with a small ball two weeks before, then change to a big ball, then going back to Europe and playing with a small ball again, which in fairness wasn't Nicholas that did, did he not? But didn't well, Nicholas well, do that? That was the point I going to make. Nicholas went to the Open every year and just switched to a small ball and dominate, essentially dominated the top three places in the Open for 15 years. So, so, so he and Palmer and Player were used to switching. Players got used to switching back and forward, but they were primarily American players switching to an easier ball to play with. I was going to say, is it, is Whereas, it easier to play full-time with the big ball and then play yeah, the small ball for a week yeah. than it is the other way around? Yeah, well, Jack just came to Australia and the ball went 25 yards further. Mm. It was more difficult to go to America and play with the ball that went 25 yards shorter. Shorter. And was more difficult to play with in the wind. And So the big ball created the great foreign player, really. And that wouldn't have happened if we'd been going back and forward. So, so Did it, any- it was, it was in, so, so Thompson was wrong in that sense, that you know, it, it made non-American players competitive in America because that they were forced to use that ball for time. Yeah. Did anybody, Clates, get left behind? Do you recall what the chatter was amongst your um, – elite amateur brethren when you started playing the big ball and they weren't and what sort of comments were they making to you and can you recall if there was a player who just couldn't make the switch effectively no because it was cool to be at that point America was the god of golf and everything American was great so it was cool to be playing with the American ball it was kind of a cool thing to do really and it was a great Australian player Billy Dunk who he hated the big ball but he, he won tournaments on the Australian Tour with a big ball. I mean, he was a tremendous player. Mm. Probably the best player no one's ever heard of. Mm. 
Yeah, he dominated. You know, he didn't dominate golf in Australia. He was a tremendous player. Extraordinary scores. He had 61 yeah. course records, I think, yeah. still to this day in the name of B. Dunk. <laughs> but, but in fairness, Dunkey would go to the Jan Dowie <laughs> Pro-Am. That's exactly right. And win the Pro-Am and break the course <laughs> record. So, but, um, you know, he, he didn't like the big ball. But, no, I, I don't think anyone suffered unduly with having to switch to play the big ball. It just wasn't. It wasn't that big a deal. What's you your recollection? With it. What's your recollection of the change? You said you switched and you did it deliberately and you did it for a year, but I think you were the first one to win the amateur with the big ball, were you not? Well, you yeah, I was, I was the only guy on the field playing the big Use ball. The big well, the, the thing we noticed was because it's windy down here, when you, it was much more difficult to drive the ball into the wind because the small ball was so easy to play within the wind. It was, easy, it was as easy to play within the wind as the modern ball is now. If you pull a big ball out that you know, it wasn't made to bore through the wind like it is now. It was into the wind. It, it was a much more difficult ball to drive with. Okay. Well, it wasn't much more difficult. If you miss hit it, it would balloon and go high to the right. You, know, you had to learn to hit it more solidly and rip it through the wind better. Which, oh, Grant, you know, Graham Master was he was brilliant at it. I mean, Marcy, Marcy was obviously you know, playing around the world and switching between the big and the small. Well, he would. He'd pull the big ball out and rip it through the wind, and Greg was great at it. And you know, we all, you know, I mean, that was the hardest thing. But it was easier to chip. It was probably easier to chip with. I'm not sure it was easier to putt with. It was certainly easier to chip with. And you had to hit it better, so you did hit it better. I mean, Justin Thomas is a, you know, he had to he had to hit that shot last week, and he hit that shot, and yeah. you know, he's a better player for hitting it. Probably he thought, wow, that was a pretty impressive shot. He, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure he impressed himself. Like, You'd hope that so. Hard, that was a hard shot. <laughs> that's you know? exactly like, right. What a hell of a shot that was. Yeah, that's exactly you know? right. Wow. You know? Yeah, just staggering shot. Sorry, Shaq, you were going to say something. No, I just I feel like I read not that long ago. I think there was somebody, uh, a, a great British player, who, who it got in his head and couldn't adjust to couldn't, the – Couldn't make the But change. I can't – You'd have I can't, to think there'd be one or two. Yeah, but, uh, but all in all, I, I think uh, – and that will be a part of this – when this the big headed driver. I mean, it's not just the well, technology that's in force. The big headed driver punished quite a bit. Brad Hughes, if you talk to him, is one who was on that in that era. Magnificent driver of the ball, yeah, the Simmons, like one of the, the very best. Yeah. and suddenly found himself when everyone, you know, the big headed driver came along, and now he was just ordinary and less than ordinary. He was behind players he used to be in front of. I mean, at that level of the game, that kind of a mental hit can't be easy. And Brad's career is sort of ended. Not long after, really, as a competitive yeah. player. So yeah, there were, I mean, Andrew Coltart was a good example of a guy who was who just picked up nothing with the modern technology. And I mean, certainly there were guys who got dropped off the. I would say more than guys who got dropped off when they with the small ball, big ball switch. Yeah, now there were guys who just didn't get that much out of that big driver when it came out, and other guys got a lot out of it. For for what yeah. you need to talk to someone who understood why that happened, but. Was it kind of funny? You, you hear many stories of that, don't you? Guys who one day were ten yards behind a bloke, and the next day were twenty five yards in front of him. Yeah. He couldn't keep up, even though they'd each switch to exactly the same, uh, well, same sort of club. Yeah, and so that, that's going to be the interesting part in this is how the the driver component of this both is handled from a technology side, and then also from a rules perspective. Um, I didn't get any sense that the driver head would change in size, but that the moment of inertia could be 
altered in a, in a way to make the sweet spot smaller uh, under the rules. I have I don't know how that works. Uh, in the stature piece, he implied it could mean a smaller head. I don't see that working uh, politically, and um, I don't. I just I, I feel like that and unless that is the the starting place, and then and then it's the old, and then we'll we'll go to something else. But um, that would be extreme. I do, and I wrote it in my my piece that I I do think though that if if the head remains the same and the branding remains the same, but the the face dynamics are different, that mm-hmm. even that allows them to keep selling. You know, to have the person mm. in the advertisement say, "This is I love the new Rogue," uh, for whatever that yeah. means. And yeah. but one does have a, a one on it and another one has a two on it or whatever the, however they mark it and so and then if there's a question in competition well you can just look on the club and look at the conforming list and there you go so whereas a, a tournament ball you know there, I mean there have been rumors a certain player mentioned just a few minutes ago in this podcast used to switch balls on par fives yeah. uh, so that's easier to do harder to switch drivers um <laughs> Uh, yeah. without somebody noticing because you just got to go and look in the bag and there it is. And it's got the yeah. marking that somehow lets you know. It's not great, but it's better than You'd hope we're not yet at the point with golf where we're making the rules around whatever tiny percentage it might be who'd be looking to bend them. You know, that that's no, what, but I think you have to. Right. But you, I think you make a valid point. You have yeah, to address no, it. Yeah, you you gotta what you do it. neatly bring us to, Shaq, is the question of implementation. Mm. And this is where the whole PGL, Saudi Golf League, PGA Tour, I think, starts to get a bit more interesting. It would have been a given five years ago or ten years ago that if the RNA and USGA changed the equipment rules, the PGA Tour would just follow suit. That would be just a given. Yeah. Is that still the case? Because, of course, it doesn't matter what the RNA and the USGA do, the target the target of all of this is the PGA Tour level player and those you know within within that band, there's no rule says the PGA Tour has to adopt those rules. And in a world where the PGA Tour might no longer be the alpha dog that it once was, yeah. is implementation as guaranteed as it once was, or do they start to get pressure from their players who are getting pressure from the people who sponsor them right. to perhaps not follow any rules that the USGA and the RNA might change. That's a that I think's always been part of the big fear of the sure. in the USA. And in this environment, that doesn't seem quite so guaranteed to me. No, no. But the tour has been very involved in the process, and um, so they are. It's not like this will be a surprise to them. So their boards have already been briefed on what this announcement was going to be. And again, you know, maybe it's a positive, but we haven't. Uh, maybe the long week at the players combined with the quick turnaround combined with the Ryder Cup news and the Saudi news and the, the Premier Golf League throwing money at them. Uh, they, they don't they don't care combined with guys don't make as much as they used to make for manufacturers for endorsements. Um, and you look at the green reading book, uh, how that had happened that was player no one got a no one got a million a year to use a green reading book no No that's true that's true (laughs) that's absolutely true and it it was not an integral piece of equipment 
Uh, although a lot of guys were pretty hostile about having that taken away, and they've all but that's just, that's tantrums and entitlement, though. Yeah, that's a different sort of it is. It is. No, you're right. It's, it it definitely again. This is why the thing could 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 go. It could flip uh, very quickly. I guess what I I uh, and I wrote and not to keep plugging my newsletter, but I wrote it today because I do feel like there's an opening here in this weird weird bit of timing with the the Norman thing and the Premier League that. You know, the players have a chance, and and maybe this is naive. <laughs> I'm going to watch to see if Clay starts shaking his head, but it, huh. they have a chance to to say, okay, do we want to be legitimate golf? Uh, play by the rules, maybe play by some new rules to that put a little more emphasis on a certain kind of game and skill, or do we want to be this sort of circus freak? thing that's just a cash grab and we're and our our commissioner gets goosebumps when uh, guys run out on the first tee and put their hat on backward and drink swig beers because he's got some he's got some issues with uh, aging or whatever the hell is going on with him and just play for a lot of money and a lot of it dirty money or uh, all those things or do we want to be and I and I wrote this I hate the phrase the play the game the right way because it's usually based on race but uh that that do we want to be uh, a little more pure, and then also be the the ones that play by rules that prepare us for the major championships? Besides making our week to week tournaments more legitimate and more interesting, because we know it'll be more interesting if this is done right. So hmm. I just it could go any you know it could go a number of ways, but the silence so far. Um, it's probably more just the fatigue and the 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 frenzied fact uh, element of everything that's going on, but and the communication, um, and the manufacturers maybe not being as riled up. So, I think it's uh, it's going to be really fun to watch to see how how they react. I just hope that uh, we don't get some knee jerk thing from John Rom or Rory that that um, that sends it down the wrong wrong path. Here's the here's the question for every situation, Clates. What would Peter Thompson do? Well, he'd have rolled the ball back years ago. I mean, he was, you know, yeah. And <laughs> and 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 his take on the the Norman League would be to. He was the first guy, as we've mentioned many times. He was the first guy to talk about a world tour. But he spoke about it because he understood there weren't enough jobs in America and there wasn't enough money around the world elsewhere. But he he walked the walk. He went and played around the world and didn't take appearance money and wasn't doing it for money. And even though he did well out of the game because he was the best player, best non-American player for a long time. But you know he would he'd be shaking his head at the stuff that. Uh, Greg's doing, I think, which which wouldn't be the first time Greg shook his head at something Greg did. But yeah, he would be, you know, he would be, you know, what's this doing for the for the rank and file player? And Greg in that podcast was talking about wouldn't it be great if the three hundred sixtieth player in the world made three point six million dollars? Well, probably not for <laughs> your brand, Greg. That wouldn't that's really not what the Saudis <laughs> are paying for. 
No. Right? No, come on, Clades. He's going out to practice. He's going to tee it up in his own events, he said. He's, yeah. he's so tempted by the the uh, the magnificence, what he said on that podcast. Yeah, well, they may need him to it, fill the field. So well, they, <laughs> yeah. Clades, Clades, I'd get the clubs out if I was you and start practicing. So presumably well. they've scheduled it so that one half of it's before before the wraparound season yeah, finishes. Yeah, right. So they can technically get their three releases. Three and three, mm-hmm. right. And then three at the other end. So they can technically get six releases a year, right? Yeah. Uh, three a year. A, cal- a calendar year, but in a calendar, a calendar year. Oh, it's a calendar six. year or it's a season? Oh, I no, thought it what, was. No, no, what I'm saying is you know, in the season it's three, but right. you yeah. could then in a calendar year get six because yeah, the season six. crosses over. The season right, 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 right. September. Three before the playoffs, three after, yeah. So they've got – how many events have they got? Nine or something? Or uh, eight. Eight. Uh, but so seven, you could, seven you could actually – Seven get. and then a grand final yeah. thing, yeah. 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 So technically you can – if you take your three releases prior to the FedEx Cup finishing and the three in the post-season wraparound, then you could play them all technically. Yeah. This – Shaq, well, this well, feels well, like all the, yeah, all but one. Sorry, yeah, all yeah. one. Yeah, this and and if you're in line for a split of the top three that are going to split thirty million at the end of it all, you might not worry about the release so much that you're not yeah. entitled to, and you might play, and that's probably what they're banking on. This feels to me like a perfect storm of consequences. So it is a pivotal moment in the professional game, in the game generally, but certainly in the professional game. And in those circumstances, the stars of the show, the players, are under a much greater weight. Nicholas went through this and Palmer and Player with the split from the PGA and some of the tumultuous times they went through and what they do in some ways will dictate. Who do we look to in this? McElroy seems to stand out. He's on the policy board, been on the Player Advisory Council, seems to embrace a lot of this sort of stuff. Does his role in the game and his potential legacy in the game go well beyond tournament golf now, him and some of the players of his ilk, given what decisions and positions they take in this next couple of years and where golf might end up it feels to me tiger's a little bit different we all know tiger is the man he's the alpha dog in golf his career is effectively over in terms of competitive golf on a regular basis he's in a somewhat different position but how important do then those voices become and where the game goes from here in all of these aspects i think it's tricky because uh, i don't believe the star power is what it used to be for those top names um I don't think there's anybody in the in, at the very top right now who has the the power that a Tiger and Phil had just a few years ago. So, in that way, it makes the tour more vulnerable if if those top players are supportive of them, uh, because it is a little more splintered. But then you can also make the case, well, that that doesn't really give these leagues much. Um, ability to disrupt if the people they snatch away aren't that significant and aren't missed that much from a PGA Tour event. Um, So it really, the dynamic right now is so unusual because we're at a moment again of of parity and and no once-in-a-lifetime or two once-in-a-lifetime stars who could really make a difference. And we don't even, and 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 then the the top players that we do have are all fairly young and haven't been around long enough to to. Uh, Rory's the only one that's that's now had some longevity, to me that uh, that matters to to fans who are listening to what people have to say. So it's a very 
unusual situation and why I think it could just go any number of ways. I still just struggle with, uh, you know, I know the money is just obscene, but I, I struggle seeing players. Uh, maybe this year they'll toy with these events now that they've loosened it up and you're not required to play them all and they'll play and they'll take the money. But I, it's hard to see, uh, at this point, players making that leap. Then again, I don't know how many really care where the money's coming from. So, well, <laughs> more do well, now okay. than when this. Well, that, but only because only because of the potential fallout if they take it, not because they're actually concerned about where the money comes from. Perhaps I think that'd be a fair thing to say, don't you? Plenty yeah, have shown their hand by going to Saudi Arabia, and plenty yeah. of those who won't sign up because they see the fallout that happened to Phil, and they don't want to be on the other end of that. Did the that, fallout for Phil happen because of the money source or because of the things he said and maybe the things that we don't know that uh, – I don't think you can remove the case. money source. I don't think you can remove the money, the KPMG, source of the money for that tour. business over there. And yeah, of course, lots of people. We, we, we know that it's yeah. not as straightforward as you'd like to think. It's not a, it's not a binary proposition. Saudi's bad, everyone else good. But I think that there's you, you can't avoid it. I, I guess the, the question I was trying to get to there, Shaq, and I'll ask it somewhat more eloquently, and I'll get your thoughts on this too, Clates. Do we have a Peter Thompson in the modern era? Does the game have a Peter Thompson? Uh, I think Rory's close to having that kind of uh, ability. It's just that he can be so uh, – he can be inconsistent sometimes. Uh, and that's where you 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 kind his of misses are big misses, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> he hits yeah. a lot, but his misses are big misses. In yeah, I mean, we know from the distance topic that 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 weird rant about uh, all the money that the governing bodies have wasted on the research. Well, well, well. I mean, that was just so bad on so many levels. One, and they haven't You're- spent that much money, and two, well. They have to do it because the people who are paying you, they have to present this very. Uh, detailed case for uh, way more detailed than should be necessary uh, for if they're trying to do the right for the thing for the game, which they are, but they're having to do that because of the people who are paying you. And then, by the way, two sentences later, you're like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with bifurcation." Like, it's, you know, so that inconsistency is is problematic. Uh, but at the same time, he speaks from the heart. Um, you feel like he. Uh, he doesn't. He's, it's not. Uh, he's not calculated. If that authentic, if that makes sense. He's authentic. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he's may authentic. be calculated, but it doesn't come off that way in a lot of his remarks. So he I, has I people's go, trust. That I always go back to the uh, tooth at the Honda He is Classic. speaking from a place of, um, I guess, common sense or close to common sense. Uh, but then at the same time, he he loves a buck as much as uh, a lot of other people and. Has shown that uh, occasionally he'll make a decision based on that over what's right for his game. You know, travel some long distance or uh, take an appearance fee and skip an event that would be better preparation. He's been known to do that too. So it's why he. But I can't. You know, I. I other than that, though, uh, I because don't Clates, don't you think somebody like what, what Rod's de- describing has to have been around for a while? You know, Colin Morikawa yeah. was very bright. Um, too young. But he hasn't been around very long. Um, so well, the, Tom, the comments Tom, don't carry yeah. much weight if they haven't. Yeah. If they've just Thompson been out a, playing for a few yeah. years, even John Rahm, just a few years, you know, that kind of thing. Thompson was a one off, really. But yeah. um, you know the point I'm making, though, don't you, Clay? So the, the well, players well, are but, important but, in this era, are they not? Yeah, they are. But Peter wrote about it. Yes. He sat down and wrote, considered 
pieces, you know, at decent length. And I mean, it's fine, a, you know, a quote here and a quote there, but I mean, for Rory to be Peter, it's like, Rory, sit down and write something for Golf Digest and put your, you know, have a, have a, you know, have a view, articulate it properly on paper rather than, you know, well, I suppose now's a speaking medium, isn't it, rather than writing, but people don't write much, but. Uh, he used to tweet. He tweeted Steve Ogden about money once, if you recall that. Mm. <laughs> 200 million reasons why things are going okay, which was... Uh, Peter articulated I, his points very well because he had space in the paper to do that. Oh, and the and, intelligence and, and the drive mo- to do it too. But he was motivated by the right it. things, though, wasn't he? I guess that maybe that's the... At the crux of it, he was motivated by the... He was. ...what yeah. we would call the right things. Yeah. And I wonder... You know, and how important will it be to have a player of that? What's Tiger's role in all of this? Speaking of players, I mean, we know Tiger's the big dog, Jack. Has he got a role in all of this and the equipment stuff that we're talking about, as well as these disruptor legs and all that sort of stuff? I mean, he's he's a PGA Tour man, apparently, from his last public statement. But is there a role yeah, for him in all of this? I think he has more of a role on the equipment side if he wants it than than the business thing by because he's pledged his devotion to the tour and he's made very clear he's not playing a. A schedule of any kind anymore. It'll just be a Ben Hogan eight, 1953 thing. Eight events. Sorry, yeah, that's- yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'll, if, if, he, if he plays a full year, it'll. If yeah. he's able to, it'll be eight events, and uh, at least that's what he said. But who knows? You know, he could if he can come back. And uh, but I it just sounds like somebody who who has decided that uh, even even if he got his health back as well as he'd like he just doesn't care enough to play uh, he's got the money i mean the things he, you see all the things he's he said yeah sitting out on the back porch reading and listening to the birds sing and um he's older and and he likes his kids and he's enjoying life at home and um he doesn't i don't think he enjoys the uh the the the, the travel and the the stuff that goes into it so even if he did get motivated but but we know these guys are you know they're they're once the 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 gun goes off there's something happens and they love that and they miss it and i mean look at tom brady here in the united states you guys probably don't follow football very closely but um six weeks yeah about it was it even six yeah and it it, um uh so yeah and it's in and a lot of these guys speak at the wrong time. You know, at the end of a season, you're tired, you're sore, you're whatever. It's the worst time to make a decision. And uh, so, and but he, his Hall of Fame speech showed he's been reflecting a lot. And uh, so I think that uh, he has the much greater ability if he wants to to speak out on the on the equipment stuff and have people although as we've seen you know people trash nicholas and have trashed nicholas for years on the topic even though he's been exceedingly consistent for yes and a long long time they still they still trash him guys who couldn't you know couldn't uh, get near his game uh and don't understand that it's coming from not from a place that he's trying to and tear down these companies. It's coming from a place of uh, what's right for the sport. Do you reckon Tiger's active behind the scenes in that? I imagine that he would be asked from he's time asked. to time by USG and R and A types. Yeah. Do you do you suspect he's active behind? Do you think he engages in those conversations? He might. I think he publicly, absolutely but. responds to questions they ask him and and enjoy and has made clear. You know, it took me a while to find out if he's he's expressed the views about the ball and spin. 
uh, and he had, but he it it was only recently that he's done that more publicly, which would be nice uh, if he'd do it sooner. But again, we've we've hashed it out on the show. It's it's not an easy thing for him to do without somebody saying it's uh, not necessarily sour grapes, but close that it's. Uh, Grumpy old men like us. Yeah, or, uh, wow, I mean, you see, people do say, wow, he doesn't hit it as far anymore. And so, that, no, of course, that's what he wants. And, yeah, there's always going to be some of that. But I think for the most part, winning that last Masters uh, and still hitting it f- plenty far. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like short, is it? No. Uh, it's re- I mean, he makes the joke like, but please, give me a break. Uh, hmm. And he, when he needs to, he can. He could hit one before the accident anyway. He could still hit one out there. So um, whether he wants to, 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 to get in, involved in it, I don't know. But we know the more he does design work, the more uh, that's also raised his... Uh, Ire a little bit on probably on the on the subject as it always does, like us. He had a he had a good a good chapter. I think was it in the end of Lorne Rubenstein. Yeah, book, yeah, maybe? yeah. It's a great chapter. Yeah, it, it was great on the equipment. He was really strong on it, and it was tremendous stuff. I thought. Yeah, and we know Lorne. Lorne, uh, he knew he was speaking to a sympathetic and and understanding voice, and yeah. um, which is great, and it got that out of him. That um, yeah, so we should probably quote that more often. Yeah, yeah, we sure that. Yeah, I mean that was really his statement on where he stood, wasn't it? I would have thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's gotten a little bit stronger, though. I think and being more specific, that well, you know, he sees really- it up close too, doesn't he, Shaq? I mean, he stands on the range and goes out on the golf course where there's not as much since the accident, and he sees what they're doing. You know, guys carrying it in the air, distances that he thought were unthinkable. Yeah, ten years ago, I mean, he's seeing it right. <laughs> like, wow, where does this end if we keep going down this path? Because yeah, the carry only- distances are staggering, aren't they? The I carry distances they- are out of control. They are, yeah. but I think the thing where he could be really powerful is, and and it would be hard for him again because now with Bryson, um, that we we knew was coming, we knew injuries would come, and we know that there will be kids who who get hurt or who get flustered and lose interest trying to pursue speed. Um, and that's one where, where Tiger, both in showing how, uh, you know, with his son and some of his comments lately about his junior golf years and his formative years, uh, could be, I think that's where he could be the most powerful in saying, Hey, these, and whether he would do it if he was asked, but these, and, and these, and again, he really likes Bryson, and I think he's intrigued by him. So he doesn't want to make him feel bad and and beat him when he's down with his injuries. But he could be the one who says, "Hey, there's another component to this." As somebody who's had injuries, both accidental and self-inflicted, um, we don't want golf to be a sport. It's great that we have athletes, and I um, uh, I I'm part of bringing that to the game. But we also don't want to become one where it's out of balance and it puts too much stress on the body and we want to be a sport of a lifetime. And I don't know if he has that in him, but I know I'm sure he's made that connection. Mm. Mm. Indeed. <clears throat> Just to go back to some of this implementation and some of the roadblocks that we might, or some not roadblocks, but some of the interesting things that might happen. Clates, if we tried to put it in today's dollars, what sort of money did players get paid to use equipment in the past? Now, this is a big change, I think, which might have an impact on this potential rules thing. I'll lay it out this way. If the manufacturers decided they didn't want this rollback, it would be their players they would use to apply that pressure. 
That's yep. the obvious because they pay them. Yeah. The point being, they pay them so much more now, do they not, than they ever have before. We see these full bag deals with ball and all that we never saw in the past. Players always had mixed equipment in the back. That's been a huge change, has it not? Um, I'm not sure they're paying them as – they were probably paid – Yeah, I think they it paid peaked more, about 10 years ago. Yeah, 10 years ago than, they, than mm-hmm. they're getting paid now. Right. Well, I think obviously well. the big guys get paid a lot. Mm. I, assume they, I, don't know, I don't know how much they yeah, get. I yeah. assume they're getting truckloads, but – what is John? Who's John Ram with? I don't even know who he plays with him. Callaway? Uh, Callaway, yeah. yeah. Well, he must be on, what, $5 million a year or something? And I assume those deals are so much So much of it's built around bonuses. Oh, it's incentive-driven very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah if you win the US Open, if you're yeah, the top right. one in the world, yeah. top 10 in the world. So it's, you know, when someone says, well, he gets $5 million, well, is that dependent on him winning a major or being ranked in the top one or five or 10 or 20 or 50 or whatever. And I, and I guess the deals, I, I don't know, I was talking to Jeff Ogilvie about it a bit, it seems like they're pretty standard based on where you are on the main list or, or the world ranking. Right. You know, if, you, if you're ranked from here to there, you get that. If you're ranked from there to there, you get that. And so, so when you played in Europe in the 80s and 90s, was it comparable or was it different to that? Has that been know. a change in the game? Well, I mean, I... Not you personally necessarily, but you were. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, well, the, well. I mean, you know, obviously the superstars got paid. I don't know how much they got paid, but Sevi and Felder and those guys, Mizuno and Slazinger and Woozy was with Dunlop and then Merriman, which was a disaster. And um, is their influence greater with the players? I guess is the question I'm trying to ask. Is the manufacturer's influence with the players greater than it used to be? Uh, no, I think if the debate was around 30 years ago, then they would be putting the same pressure on the players that they are now. Um, you know, but I mean, when I was playing, Ping had the best deal. If you're an average player like me, Ping were great because they just paid you well and based entirely on how you played. Ping, pay, Ping paid way more. That's why so many players played Ping in Europe was they were the only ones who had any sort of deal going that was reasonable. Well, to your point, Rod, I think that this 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 uh, the money the PGA Tour has been adding and the uh, money that uh, could be out there with these other events or or the Premier League uh, uh, proposal, uh, the manufacturer money is is increasingly less significant. And then you couple that with, even though Brooks Kepka is now with Strixon again, Strixon, yeah. but you do see that players for a while and, and uh, kind of, took back their independence because the money started to get so good that the money from the manufacturer wasn't as important to them as playing exactly what they wanted to play. Um, now, that may have been a trend, but I think you put all this together, and yeah, that, that influence of the manufacturer over the guy to say, hey, go out there and and uh, tell everybody the USGA is evil and the uh, RNA is out to, to screw with your game, and I... I I don't think they have that weight with them any longer, and so that's another really interesting element in this uh, equation, right? Well, there's little wrinkles, aren't there? There's, there's all oh, these little wrinkles so around a bunch of issues. Everything's <laughs> yeah. changed in just such small and nuanced ways, and it's all loading into. Let's finish it up then. So, there are a couple of things. Uh, we know it's now an official uh, series. Is the Saudi Golf League, as we've been calling it, and Greg doesn't want it to call it, is it still dead, Shaq? We know they're going to have uh, seven events or eight not. events this year, but I guess it's not. What's with your those, prediction for it? Those checks uh, uh, cash, and they get players to play. I um, 
and we have players that that aren't really flustered by being associated with um, the, the the Greg Norman or the Kingdom and all that. I guess it isn't dead, and I'll have to rescind my piece. But I I'm having a hard time seeing who they they land uh, playing unless it's people who just really need the money because it's um, it's a it's a it's 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 a risk. Uh, they got very average venues. Gosh. Um, which I do wonder, you know, what that if how much of that's so many of the good venues are taken. We know so many venues just no longer can hold the modern game, uh, or if some places just went, no, we don't want to be Said associated not. with mm-hmm. that. I don't know. That's and that, but and 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 again with those dollar figures, those guys will go play golf on a anywhere you put them. Mm. So certain people. So no, it's not dead, but I I'm having a hard time seeing it take off and I, I i'm increasingly wondering i've always thought well it'll just do it on streaming but i i think they're going to need a media partner and uh you know it's really down to uh, i mean amazon uh you know the saudis leaked photos of jeff bezos uh that led to his divorce uh apple is a company that wants no part of something like this uh they're really they don't have a lot of options there so even if they do do this the eyeballs on it may be very limited and that's another problem for them mm. uh, and then just the state of the world i mean this horrific yeah, cool. <laughs> situation in in ukraine yeah. you know are, are we gonna finally have a reckoning in this world with this 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 ridiculous love of authoritarians that we've that we've been watching and this this uh, legitimizing of some of them when when we've known they're they're either clowns who need attention or they're they're worse they're 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 just awful and you know is this situation going to finally make people go look it's just enough stop these guys are bad and we need nope. to stop you know uh, giving nope. them no, not going to happen. Just like the distance debate, Jeff. You've only got to look at what's happened in the past to know what's going to happen in the future. Guy, they just ex- executed executed eighty one people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're chopping their heads off. They're, I mean, they're just yeah. they're loathsome. Um, so he's loathsome. I don't know how much you know. It's it seems like it's really he's a big he's a bad guy, and his dad isn't great either. But anyway, so that's they're all those dynamics yeah. too. But women can, Rob? But women can, women can, <laughs> oh, women can, right. Women can eat in restaurants. That's right. That's right. And, and you, you know, the women are playing there this week. Um, they are playing there this week. Yeah, they are. And that's a that's another show in itself, probably. But um, so yeah, a lot of I think I just think there are a lot of moving pieces. Uh, yeah. And, and and then there's just nobody uh, you know who can say, hey guys, this is all terrible for the sport. You know, there's all this stor- horrible stuff going on, and you're sitting around bickering about how much money you're going to make. It's it's uh, not not attractive at a time where they don't really have those stars. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, plates, and then, uh, plates. I want to hear plates. plates. What do you think? <laughs> He's texting somebody because I can hear his no, phone I'm, clicking. You got to turn off that at, click function. He's I'm checking his at, notes. Yeah. It's pre-show notes that he makes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the women who are playing in Saudi Arabia. Ah, yeah. Jeff Kiriakou is there. Anna Norquist is there. Was sponsored by Saudi. Yeah, George Hall, Anna Norquist. Yeah. Norquist is sponsored by Saudi, is she not? Yeah, she is. Yeah, I think she's. Charlotte Saganda. Like, 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 yeah. yeah. That's some sort of deal. 
Thompson, um, Whitney, Whitney Hillier from Australia, Steph Kiriakou. Yeah. Yep. Hannah Green's not there, though, right? Hannah's not there. How much are they playing for? They're playing for a million bucks. I mean, like, you can have... Wow. That series, it's a purse, yeah. Four or five... Four or five of them, isn't it? That are Ramco's right. playing New York, series, London, yeah. Saudi. Okay, it's a, yeah. not a dissimilar model to what Norman's talking about with some of the places they're going to play, uh, so et cetera. That, and then, yep, Clates. So is that an LET event or is that a. It is. What is it? So like LET, yeah. Yeah. I have some sympathy, for, some sympathy for the women who play for no money on that tour. Right. You can see why they're, they're going there to generally to make a living, to finance their life and. Yeah. You know, not. What Bryson needs to Bryson doesn't need to go and make twenty thousand dollars so he can right. pay his expenses, and that's a key yeah. distinction. That yeah, yeah, these guys have options. Uh, the women have way fewer options and yeah. way less money. And yeah. I think that is a not not that I yeah. Well, I think I think it's a huge and important distinction because because people do bring it up. Mm. Well, of course, why are they, they there? No. Well, they the men have options to make a lot of money in other tournaments. Maybe too many, some would say. Yeah. Yeah, most of those Last women year. playing that tournament need the money, and it's it would be it's much harder to step away from something like that when you it means you don't play the rest of the year because you can't afford to. Or you know. Meg McLaren's talked about it, hasn't she? Close. She took yeah. that stand and she yeah. didn't go to Saudi the first year, and then eventually she was in a position where she didn't really have any yeah. option. So well, she did have an option, but it was one that was just not a form. She played, I think, a couple of the Aramco Series events, maybe the one in England and the one in New York, perhaps. Um, but she had, you know, there was some some moral. Uh, some moral questioning going on around that. The last uh, thing I'll ask you about, Shaq, oh, does well, all this mean? I, oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I just, I still, before we, I don't know if this was a distance related thing. I still want to hear Clates' view just kind of on what, I mean, I've done all the yammering on this. I want to hear what, overall, what do you think what they proposed and where they're trying to go? Did you, are you, are you impressed with what you saw or, or are you? With, with the distance? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, I think it's inevitable they do something. Pin him down, Rod. I want to no, get him off the, the same ad- yeah. It's the same <laughs> no, answer yeah, as he I, gave me at the start of the show. I, and we're, That's you know, why we're I'm, bit, I'm coming back to it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're all a bit tired of, well, we're just going to look at it for another six months. I mean, actually do something. It's been going for 20 years. You know, the, the debate's been live for at least 15 years. some point, you've got to, you know, Steve Otto must have walked out there, got gotten out of his office and had a look at what's going on and looked at holes that were formerly driver Midland Long Lines reduced to driver wedges and said this is not right for the game we've got to do something about it and it's been obvious for, to us for 15 years it's been obvious to anyone with a, who's had their eyes open what's going on and it's just frustrating well we're going to wait for another six months to see what happens but I get they've got to dot the eyes and cross the T's and deal with the, the threats and the lawyers and and, and I think it's a, the, as we've said make a ball go further for, for 50% of people who play golf the best thing that could happen is the, they, they could make a ball that went further so if you gave the manufacturers that and said you know you're free to make a ball for the average woman and the average over 50 year old guy go 30 yards further great but for the top and that's more. That's not just the PJ Tour and the European Tour. There are thousands of kids who hit the ball a long way now. Yeah, there's you know, double-digit markets that, who hit it unfeasible. Yeah, there are thousands of people who hit the ball too far. And and you know, going to Royal Perth, a tiny golf course, decent course on eighty acres. It's unbelievably unsafe for the balls that go across the other fairways. And primarily, a lot of them 
of shots that wouldn't have gone across on the other fairway with a persimmon driver and a shorter ball. But with this modern driver in the hands of a 10 handicapper who can bash it, the ball's all over the place. It's crazy how, how crooked the ball, how, how many balls go across on the other fairways. So, I mean, that's a you can't base a decision based on no, but it, it, course it's too small. That's a pretty good issue, but, and they don't mention you know, it, but it is one. And, we and, know. That's and, right. And, you, you get those people saying, oh, why are we going to change the rules for everybody for 0.01% of the golf population? Yeah, it's not, not actually true, is it? No, it's not it's that. Not no. that. I, I, that's true. And, and the game is less safe now. Because the ball goes further offline, it's never been hit further offline. You know, it's never been hit straighter by good players through the wind, but it's never been hit further offline by strong young guys who just hit the ball sideways sometimes. And it's staggering how, and as an architect, Jeff, you would know, there are problems you can't solve. Yeah, you can't you can't legislate for a ball that goes eighty yards right onto a road or into a block of houses or into a school or whatever. You just can't fix that. So. Pulling it back and is you know would be a massive benefit for the game, but you know at some point they've got to piss or get off the pot. You can't keep. We're going to wait another six months. I mean, you know they've been. You guys have been studying this for twenty years. Figure it out. You know. Now you're happy, Shane. That's now I'm happy. That's the answer I wanted. And, and That's the quote not, to the show. Name the show that piss or get yeah. off the pot. Episode yeah. one seventeen. Uh, yeah. And if you're not going to do anything, come out and say, we're not doing anything. We're going, to, we're going to let the ball, you know, Mike Wan's going to get under his Christmas tree every year and be excited by the what's in the box. And, and that's going to go on forever. You know. There we really? go. There you go. Now it's all coming out. That's what I wanted. We just need to, even, it's I'm early even, in the morning there. We need to just yeah, get him yeah. warmed up. I knew I'd get it. <laughs> I might even make an audiogram, which I never do, and put it on Twitter just using that yeah. quote. The, the time go. has come. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. I do and, want to ask and, you. Yeah, and, and we need to do it before, you know, before Jack gets too much older. Hopefully he, does, hopefully he gets a lot older. But, you know, there's the guy who's been the, at the forefront of the debate. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he needs to see it happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Oh, the – the bitching and moaning is going to be a wonderful spectator sport. I don't, well, I yeah. don't know. But, but I mean, I don't know. But I mean, how first about tournament. The- come on, first tournament. Oh, oh, oh yes, they if stand, it happens. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. You know, Justin Thomas is going to stand on the first tee and hit it twenty yards short of a bunker that he used to carry. He's going to drop his club yeah. and put his hands in there and say, "See, what have you done to the game?" That's yeah. what's going to happen. It, it, that, there will be some of that, yeah. It also could be much. staggered too, by the way. It could yeah, it be, could be. You know, the ball. Could. Then he'll walk down the fairway and hit a five under eight foot and tap yeah, it and go, oh, <laughs> punch, yeah. punch five wood from well, 206 we, yards into the We place. know that, that, you know, it's very hard to make the case, but we know that there is a case that that they're all very good, but the ones who are really, really good uh, are, are being brought back and this yeah. this is a chance for them to stand out yeah, again okay. and there's again it's a very hard case to make hard to quantify but somebody like him if he can get his putting figured out this will all be good for him absolutely him, and rory McElroy, yeah, same thing if he yeah. by the way we have a lot of really good players right now who are struggling oh. with putting <laughs> uh but anyway that's another show we should probably explore with a short game coach but we, we, we won't have seen fun like it since the big rake times at the memorial ten years yeah ago, Shaq. i don't know whether you oh, that, well, what, what about what about the plug ball game <laughs> oh the plug ball oh, are we getting drops out of hey. mind you it is a bit incongruous that yeah, 
two players with the exact same lie. One gets a drop and the other one doesn't. From the, However, Clay, I'm one made you. the mark and one didn't. Yeah. Ha- have you ever seen that happen? No, never. Never. How many well, years? Well, because well, well, you don't see pitch marks in fairways in Australia because we play in much yeah. different conditions. We don't play in fairways that make pitch marks. But you know, no, I've never seen it. it. And never seen. It. Yeah. Nobody's ever seen that before. Yeah. No. Matt Kuchar did so. at Memorial. He claimed he was. That's right. He did. <laughs> he claimed it was his ball, didn't he? Uh, yeah. I just remember that. Yeah, he claimed his own ball made it, and then yeah, and then I think Trevor kind of validated it or Mark and one of the implements I think and yeah that was uh, but it did not the replay was definitive yeah yeah I guess if the rule changed to any ball in a pitch mark on the fairway you can drop it would be it wouldn't the world's not going to fall yeah, apart if that happens exactly. no it wouldn't because it happens so rarely that yeah, and in 2055, they'll be thankful they changed the rule when it happens again, Clates. Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. it's not going to happen between now just, and then. Yeah, yeah, right. Just, yeah. yeah. Indeed. So, And last thing, uh, Shaq, if 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 Berger upset Hoyland, why did Hovland try to kill Dustin Johnson this morning at the Valspar? Oh, yeah, I yeah, haven't seen that? The, the replay of that. I, I, but when Clates was talking safety, I went, oh, I've, I got a notification, yeah. but i got to go watch that. Was it bad? Because yeah. it um, – Oh, it's it's Clates' high right shot that he talks about the yeah. ten marker hitting, and yeah. it just the 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 response on the tee is magnificent. There's blokes ducking, covering their heads. It's oh, coming wow. in, and it, oh, it must have hit something behind and made quite the racket. But uh, actually, what I did want to ask you about just to finish up, Shaq, the PGL. We know that the PGL have been flirting around the PGA to have this idea to work with them rather than against them. Has that got any legs? That idea. We saw some more about that this week. Andy Gardner laid out a fairly specific and I thought interesting and compelling plan on that No Laying Up podcast last year. Is it possible that that might be, that might happen in the future, the PGA Tour and the PGL? Uh, well, you know, the thing that's been interesting, if you watched, yeah, Jay, Jay Monahan had a really good press conference, I thought, at the players. He took a ton of questions. He had a great opening statement. He's usually very awkward in those things, and uh, he was he was very confident, answered things really well. But the one thing you know that has been mentioned less lately is uh, what the PGA Tour does for charity, and it's not that they're trying to do less or that they think about it less, but it and it could just be they're they've got so many things coming at them they're not really keeping track of their messaging very well and or or they haven't detected that's a great way to push back at some of these things or it could mean that they are realizing that their current model is um what andy gardner is saying it's restricting their ability to to uh, make money and create value all the the other usual business speak stuff um they could start they could be believing that uh i just think they're they have still have a hubris that they why do they need these people to come along? Well, these people have a way to they have some money sources and they have some ideas um, and a vision that the tour has had every opportunity to steal and they haven't. So I think it does have legs. I think they've put something together. I think it's grotesque that you're going to give some guy two million dollars who just happens to have gotten his card this year and did nothing to earn it uh, the money. Uh, he earned his card. He didn't earn the money that uh, would just be given him to buy his vote. But I get why they structured it that way. And uh, most fans probably wouldn't care. They'd just go, ah, well, you're in the right place in the right time. That's capitalism. You're, so you know. it, it might not be Monaghan's decision. Might it? it might not come down to the brass. The, the well, way they've structured what they're right. doing is very clever because they only need a certain number of players to 25%, say yes. 25%. Yeah. I think 25% to get to a vote – 
Yeah. Um, and then I don't know what the what happens. When, I, I'm not sh- familiar with what it is when there's an actual vote. Um, so yeah, oh, I, very and then, clever. Yeah, and Rory took it to the board. We learned in the uh, fire pit collective had a piece that uh, said he did take it to the pack and to the board. Um, and um, I don't know. They have all of them now do this. Norman mentioned it on the podcast. They mentioned they put these things under a stress test, which I just laugh yeah. at. Like what? What is that? <laughs> anyway, you know, to, to prove that it's a legitimate thing, like that. Uh, I you know, like that really does. Oh, the tourists got nothing to lose by trying it, do they? Nothing. Well, or for having the discussions, which has always been the mystery to me. Um, Even going ahead with it, they've got nothing to lose. I get why he doesn't return Greg Norman's phone call uh, because <laughs> well, they don't want to be in the business to, with. Well, you'd have, you'd to, have talk to talk to Greg. To Greg. Right. Greg will answer the phone, and then you got to talk to him. <laughs> and then you'd have to talk about how great the Crown Prince is, and they don't. Javon Hand doesn't want to have that phone conversation. It's not. It's not going to happen. They just don't want to do it. They don't need to. They don't need. The Crown Prince's money no. and the Sovereign Wealth Fund's money. Um, but uh, they they could possibly be open to something that changes the business model and different things. Yep. So I think the PGL is the PGA Tour's answer to the Saudi thing. You do yeah. that, you win. That's that. It's almost Done. like they're, they're both ganging up on Gregor. Isn't that kind of – Well, there's a great point. It? Yeah. Does that yeah. – Give the tour that one little extra thing right now after this these ridiculous you purchases top, were announced. Sorry, you top guys have got everything you could get over there, and you got it right here. Plus, you're not upsetting all the blokes below you that you've got to tee it up with from time to yeah. time. Well, and this is yeah. something if you combine the tour and the PGL concept, this is long term. And I get most yeah, of these guys are right. thinking just getting a check now. But what again? Greg's calling it a startup and a, a beta. What's the what's the long term play? I, it's not there. Uh, I mean, I, I yes, it's there in a sense, but you, who knows how long they're committed to this? They could pull the yeah. plug any minute now. Whereas See, they can, yeah, by three put those other things the together, it's something that's being built for the next twenty, thirty years in the modern sports world. And that, if a player has half a brain, that's what they should want, and is thinking of having a normal career and dreaming of a career. That's what they should be wanting to sign on with, if it's done right. Mm. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, and I, I am – whilst I wasn't at first, I am intrigued by this notion of some team elements and some of those ideas are interesting, I think. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd like to see that, uh, some of that play out and see how it actually looks if it's done. Anyway, I just thought I'd ask about that because to me that feels like that's bubbling along under the surface in a very sneaky but very clever way and might just emerge at some point as this is what's going to happen because we've got the players. Yeah, because they're you – know, they, They've done what Norman hasn't. They're getting the players. Yeah. And the they're, big players. And, and, yes, and they're doing it quietly, more behind the scenes. Uh, right. And, yeah, they may have really lucked out with the timing of Greg's group's announcement um, with their, their, their document getting out, out the same day. It seemed like bad luck for them because it kind of – A bit get, like the bo- – well, yeah. a bit like the distance. Right, I'm not sure exactly. Want all of the, they've been open about it, but they haven't yeah. had to take any heat. Right. right. Because there's all this other stuff's been going on instead. I yeah. think they're Let Greg talk cleverer about than we might have given him. What are you talking well, about? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And look, and of course, the thing for, for Norman and the Live, Love, Laugh Tour, I can't get over that. That's that's going to be my, oh, that's my go-to from now on. We don't know the who. I don't think they know the who. Who is going to tee it up? Right. And that is so crucial to everything. And I sure. I don't I don't know that they've even got a a rabbit in the hat. 
I think they're kind of desperately – that feels to me. If they had somebody, they'd have said so. But they haven't, I don't think so. They'll, they'll get they'll well, the field, but it's not, they're, they're right. not going to get – I don't, they're not going to get Bryson. They're not going to get um, you know, well, Jordan, guess, Rory. But the well, dynamic has changed because now, before what they were talking about was you had to make a full commitment. And now we're just talking about an open-ended thing. So it may uh, it may change. It may free up somebody to say, well, yeah, I'm going to play two or three of those just to see what it's like. See what it's like, and, yeah. And, uh, and that isn't as hostile a gesture by the player makes them less hostile so uh but the whole model is built on long term again a commitment from the player not just dipping in and dipping out when you feel like it and then it doesn't work if it's that and it's and it's only about money it has no integrity exactly. the PGA Tour for all its oh. faults and they're many we've pointed them out plenty of times has got individual tournament integrity and things that history, history and good play courses for. and charity right. and it, yeah this is just a pure money gram it's no. just money that's all let's call it a day uh, for the moment good stuff great to talk to you Shaq thank you for that Same here. feel much yep. better informed than when we started most enjoyable and Clates thank are you, you still on the pot are you getting off the pot what point, what point are you at there Clates you ready to get uh, off the pot yeah I'm off the pot yeah I'm not sure what I'm doing today. I was going to play golf today but I'm not now not sure what I'm doing I've got, got a few things to do no I'm fine I'm getting ready to go to London Shaq on the 31st of March great so. You seen the course can announcements you, can from you, CDP? Just can constant. You, I know. Can you tell us what's uh, what's on tap for London, or is um, it? Uh, yeah, or what are you going to sightsee, to, or something? We're going to the Addington for a few days at the Addington, Colquitt Park, um, Wallasey up near Royal Liverpool. We're going up there, heading to Scotland for a bit. So we've got uh, Hallamshire, mm. which we in Sheffield. So we're and then we're going to. Um, Going to France is going to see Le Bord in France with Billy Lomia, who used to be the pro there. Be nice to see Gill's course there, new course. Yeah, great. And then coming your way, Connecticut and um, Los Angeles at the end on the way home. So great. Have a crazy trip. Yeah, sounds like it. So take your microphone and you and Shaq. We can, can we beam can in like for a, a no, for I, a pop yeah, no, you can we'll, be in the same room. We will. Well, I'll force him to do, do it. Yeah, yeah. We can do that. All right. Fabulous. All right, gents, great to talk to you. That's it for State of the Game 120. Back to it all again next time here on State of the Game. State of the Game is a talk and golf production. Theme music, Writer's Retreat, provided by Lloyd Cole. Visit www.lloydcole.com for more information. For more golf podcasts, log on to www.talkandgolf.com.